everyone, and welcome to The Right Perspective. Today, we're going to recap and review the 1992 romantic comedy, Boomerang. And before we even get into it, stop right now and take a minute to like, share, subscribe on this platform that you're using right now and every platform that you use. Video, <laughs> get it Everybody, done. Get okay. It. What else are you doing? Is the question. <laughs> what else are you doing? Go, go Why click the YouTube you and, and just click Hello. up, thumbs up, and then click back up. You know, just, Everything. <laughs> <laughs> you could actually be done right now. You just did it like right at the second. You know? <laughs> I, I want to say something that when you said that this is a rom-com, I didn't even realize that that's what this was. Mm. Really? I didn't even put that genre in my brain. But what I did think you feel that, like? I think that I put all Black movies as their own genre. Mm, see, I, think, that, I think I have a genre in my brain called see, Black movie. That's how, the man, then, that's how the man wants you to think about it. It's just one else. thing. Like, we don't got no nuance. Like, within Black movies, don't let him have win. romantic. Don't, don't let him win. <laughs> don't let the man win. But in my brain, it is just <laughs> one genre that is diverse within the one genre. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But well, I just realized that in this moment when I was like, rom-com? Really? <laughs> well, sis, honestly, you're now getting to, um, and we can circle back to it um, once we get into our discussion. But something I wanted us to talk about is, you know, our definition of hood film and whether this fits. Yeah, so, I was, because to me- That's a little teaser of discussion to, be, to come. Okay, All right. you're right. I, yeah. I was about to talk on it right now. I know, now. it's tricky. All right, let's go, let's go. Or we can do it right now. Should it's we tricky. Right now? No, no, we can talk okay. about it right now. We can go through. Okay, you know. so let me give some background then. Okay. okay. So, Boomerang was directed by Reginald Hudlin, you know, one of the Hudlin brothers, loving oh. them, okay? And Warrington Hudlin is listed as a producer. The movie okay. stars Eddie Murphy, Robin Givens, Halle Berry, David Greer, Martin Lawrence, Grace Jones, Eartha Kitt, Chris Rock. And it was the, it was the 18th highest grossing film in North America in 1992, earning over $131 million on a budget of $42 million. It was nominated for several MTV Movie Awards, and the soundtrack reached number four on the U.S. Billboard 200 and reached number one on the top R&B hip-hop albums chart. And by 1995, the album had reached, the soundtrack had reached triple platinum status. Okay? And three years later. all three of them. Black. There you go. Wow. And, and I wanted to, did y'all know that there was a TV show sequel to the movie? That yeah. ran. I didn't. I didn't yeah. actually. It ran for two seasons on BET yeah. from 2019 to 2020. Yep. It was and good. It was good. Did you watch all of it, sis? I did. I watched every episode. I was so sad because it was one of those things where you knew that it was ending. They kind of wrapped up people's stories. And I'm like, no, it's too soon. It's too quick. But they did a good job. I thought it, everyone it followed. It was written to follow the lives of Jacqueline Boyer's son and Marcus and Angela Graham's daughter as they try to step out of their parents' shadows and make a legacy of their own. Lena Waithe was one of the creators and Halle Berry was actually one of the executive producers. It was and good. I, okay, I watched the first two episodes last night and, you know, I thought it was good. I thought it could have had any type. I didn't need, to, I don't know if it necessarily related to Boomerang. Yeah. The movie, you know, now could, did the boomerang title make sense for the show that it was? It did. 
-hmm. But anyway, that's a whole other discussion about what it means for a TV show to be a sequel and what criteria it would need to have to to actually feel like a sequel. I can see that. It felt to me like a very standalone product. But anyway, the point is- But isn't that what you're supposed to do? Like you're supposed to say, you have the essence. Mm. 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 You know, because we've talked about reboots. We've talked about remakes. This is a sequel- that is it a whole other like it's it was a sequel to a movie in television. Have we talked about that? Like, what are our feelings? Does it, it doesn't happen. I don't think it happens often enough to even discuss it. Like, I really I can't think of another example of a movie that was sequeled into a television. I'm sure it's it's there. Yeah, but I can't even. They did think it with the Best Man series. They it was a sequel. Yeah, remember they made a television show for yeah. a little bit. Just one season, one okay. season, just to wrap it all up. So is yeah. it, it's a black movie thing, then so far as far. Well, just those are that's the only other example I'm thinking of right now on the spot. Okay, but, yeah, but I'm I sure there has to be. I'm sure there oh, has to be. Oh, I know something. another one. I know another one. What we do in the shadows. That is a movie that. Um, but I. But is it considered a sequel? Because oh, it just felt like you're right. Yeah, that wasn't it. I got another one. Um, That's right. uh, I got another one about this. It was about the serial killer dude. Well, this is something for our audience to weigh in on on the comments, y'all. Are there other examples that we're just not thinking of? And how do you feel about this? About something that was like a movie and then like decades later, it's like now we're making a television show. That's the scene. How do (laughs) y'all feel about that? I mean... You know, anyway, so that's not what we're here to review today. Mr. But in between. That's the serial killer one you were trying to think of. <laughs> well, he's a, he's an assassin. Okay. It's a comedy show. It's it, it's a the show is about basically sh- shoot it like a mockumentary, the first movie, oh. and it's like these people following around this hitman in his real life, and he, <laughs> the whole thing is like we're not going to release this until you're dead, or you know, and anybody made that into. It's like he's like a regular guy with a daughter, but he's a hitman. And that, yeah. so anyway, that was another one. That, that sounds from... like it could be funny. I see, and I have questions. What does his family think he does? Okay, anyway, we'll get back to another time. Yeah. So, um, so y'all, everything we've talked about related to the movie Boomerang, okay, all of that, again, and a reminder, this movie made a lot of money, $131 million on a budget of $42 million. And it actually came in a in an arc in, in Eddie Murphy's career where his the movie the two movies he had right before didn't apparently didn't do well in the box office so he needed a win and he clearly he got it okay but so that that's a lot of success that this movie had and for some you know these facts would be enough to consider this movie a classic uh, but today we will determine whether it is a classic from other right perspective we'll do a recap we'll discuss the movie and then we'll take a vote with a voting symbol that we will pick especially for this discussion but we always start with intros kick us off bro hi i'm aubrey Wright. i'm the oldest i'm janiah Wright. i'm the middle i am Brittany Wright, and i'm the youngest and y'all let's get right into picking our voting symbol Okay. okay, and I and I want to start y'all because I have two. This season, I've been trying to to narrow it down to one in my mind before I even bring them out. But you had, you had two, got it. Let's I have it. two. The first one is a shoulder pad. Okay, now <laughs> what on the planet? Yeah, clearly everybody <laughs> was wearing them. 
what's okay. happening. <laughs> the thing about a shoulder pad is that it's meant, <laughs> it's, it's manipulating the eye, you know, to misrepresent who you are. Right. Mm. And there's also a version of shoulder pads. I'm thinking about like in sports. Yes. Um, you know, it is November. So clearly football has been on. James has been watching football around the clock. Okay. Um, and then those are shoulder pads that are meant to protect the parts of you that are considered vulnerable. Okay. But at the end of the day, you have to take them off and you are, and there you are. Okay, you're vulnerable with your low regular shoulders. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Your shoulders are not square, okay. they are round, and they okay. don't go to your ears, and they're vulnerable. And so <laughs> there always comes a point where your truth, you where you're gonna have to live in your truth. It just happens. And I feel like that's what this movie is about. That we can we all have personas we put together and they work when they work, but sometimes they don't. Cause it's just, you just, you know, something will happen to get to remove your shoulder pad or something will come at you when your shoulder pads are off and you got to be able to deal with that. Um, the other idea that I came up with was a leash. Um, and this was actually James's recommendation to be honest with you. I don't know if I, if I even want to take credit for it. Okay. Because, uh, but it's good though, because you remember in the beginning of the movie, the Marcus character, he uses the leash as a ruse to kind of get a woman you know, with his, using his like playboy antics, you know, to, to, to manipulate a woman into going out with him. Um, and it's a woman that he does, you know, he sleeps with her. We never see her again. Okay. And then later in the movie, like a boomerang, he then gets like a proverbial leash put on his heart by a woman, you know? And so part of what ends up happening is what he has done to other people comes back on him. And it is about attachment, you know, about getting attached when the other person doesn't, doesn't feel attached, unreciprocated attachment. And so a leash is a good symbol for that. So those are my two voting symbols. Mm. Um, bro, did you come up with any? Yeah, I really thought, but I could not, like, there wasn't anything that really, like, spoke to me uh, as far as, as far as a symbol. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I just, the, um, the one that I came up with that was kind of admittedly maybe a little tongue-in-cheek would just be a bottle of the strong That was, but that's just because I don't have any deep thoughts, of course, about that. But it's just when I think of that movie, that's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's I, a good that, one. That's a good one. I mean, because so that I, is... I thought of a bottle of strong but I, yeah, I, I did. So I'll, I'll submit that as hmm. my one, but I'm not fully, you know, <laughs> I I feel like yours were both much better thought out. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Sean Jay though, because there's something in that. Again, I feel like it's there's a um there's something artificial, you know. You put on perfume, that is not how you smell. You know what I mean? It's like, but then it's like, what are you doing? You're trying to entice. You're trying to manipulate. You're, Grace you're, Jones. You're putting on a and she, she even made a deep. But here's but the did. thing is, that's is an that amazing job. What, the reason why I thought about it, it, it your deep explanation applies, of course. Is that, <laughs> is there's always a logical line. But I just remember after that movie came out, it had many things. But one thing that everybody was saying was Strangey, 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 and and so people still say that. And I didn't know that that's where that came from. Look, we're getting too far. Stop. I didn't know. Okay. Hammer yeah, time. Stop. Yes. Go ahead. Hold pause discussion. Yes. Sis, what about <laughs> you? Any ideas? 
woman's toes. All right. Well, for those who are ready right. to the podcast, which is you're not we'll disappointed. You're not disappointed because so you knew it was going to happen. He was judging women based off of their toes. I know, this but I don't know. an intricate part of this movie. He did it with all the women. I think it's for Ali Berry. I don't remember him looking at her toes. But he looked at all these women's toes, which makes that even more deep. Because if he didn't look at Holly Berry's toes and he was madly in love with her, that lets him know how superficial he There's was. No way. There's no way a footman is falling in love unless the toes are well. They don't all have to look the same, but they have to be well kept. They got to be together. They got to be well kept. They got to have that, them that, together. Like, because like, you can't control signs and shape and all that. Like, you can't control that. But you can control maintenance maintenance <laughs> yes so i don't remember him looking at holly berry's feet did he look at holly berry's feet i don't but I'm saying it's a either plot. way if she didn't have foot maintenance he wouldn't have fell in love either okay. way woman's feet you see how it already sparked a discussion thank you you're welcome are you absolutely welcome to the left of them <laughs> haters to the right of them you're not wrong. Oh. but i'm just not at the end of this podcast saying <laughs> i give Boomerang, my woman's toe. Exactly. <laughs> well so manicured toes. <laughs> we have four options. Three are great, <laughs> one is dumb. Um, exactly. <laughs> Not mine, though. <laughs> we don't have to get specific about which one is dumb, but one is. Yeah, we we'll Okay, and... All my life, okay. has, right. Which All one are we going to go with? We could go with Strange. You're welcome. I chose. All right. I think that's good. Sister All right. She chose. Uh, so at the end. We've experienced this a lot in life. Okay. Right. <laughs> at Strong, the end of this Strong podcast. Strong this, <laughs> this movie, this movie must receive three bottles of Strong J. If it receives zero, one, or two, so it will intense. not be considered a classic from the right perspective. The stakes are high. The stakes are high. All right. So. Let's now do a quick recap. Spoiler alert, if you're new to our podcast, we do a recap just because our content is generally pretty, it's in the archives. We pull it out, we dust it off, now we're looking at it. That's so right. we do a little recap real quick just to make sure you know you remember the main parts. And then also if you haven't seen the movie, but you still want to be in our, our super fun conversation, you got the main details, you got enough. You got enough to participate. You got the gist. You got the gist. All right, so let's let's do a recap of Boomer, Boomerang. Marcus Graham, played by Eddie Murphy, is an executive at an ad agency, and he is a playboy extraordinaire, okay? This brother is so fresh and so clean. He dresses to the T. Condo is laid out. Every word choice is perfect. He is the smooth operator that Sade was singing about. Okay? <laughs> we see him like ladies. <laughs> We see him no woo need ladies. To He's just fooled up on it. We see him <laughs> woo ladies and drop them like hot potatoes. When his friends and co-workers, Tyler, played by Martin Lawrence, and Gerard, played by David Allen Greer, when they call him out, he makes excuses like her feet were ugly. He even tries to use sex to get a promotion when their ad agency gets acquired by a cosmetics company called Lady Eloise by sleeping with senior citizen Lady Eloise, played by Eartha <laughs> Kitt. 
It doesn't work though, because the next day he meets his new supervisor, Jacqueline Breuer, played by Robin Givens, who is even more fresh and even more clean than he is. She is fly, the bomb diggity, and every colloquialism for a woman that got her stuff together. Okay, she is the Miss Independent that Neo was singing about. Okay. <laughs> So Marcus wants Jacqueline immediately, but she really doesn't give him any play for a long time. She keeps, you know, trying all of his tact. He keeps trying all of his tactics. And then finally on her terms though, they do get together and bam, Marcus is hooked. She's perfect in every way, including her feet, except that she is really not even trying to take him seriously. Suddenly Marcus finds himself feeling that you could have called feeling that he has inspired in so many women. Jacqueline is using all of his playboy tactics on him. When all of these head games start to wreck his usually stellar work, Jacqueline tells Marcus to take a few paid weeks vacation to get his ducks in a row. In that time, Marcus gets to know Angela, played by Halle Berry, a co-worker who joined his company's art department when the Lady Eloise uh, merger happened. And he realizes he has feelings for her, but it's a little tricky because he had previously set Angela up with his friend Gerard. It didn't work out, but Gerard still kind of likes Angela, you know? Marcus and Angela do get together and things go so well. She actually moves into his apartment at some point. Marcus is happy and because he's gotten his confidence back, Jacqueline now wants him again. Marcus cheats on Angela and sleeps with Jacqueline. Angela tells him, love should have brought you home last night. Breaks mm. up with him, immediately moves out and ends up taking a promotion with another company. Marcus tries to get over her by spending more time with Jacqueline, but it doesn't work. It just makes him realize how much he loves Angela. He ends up going to Angela's job, apologizing to her, and Angela forgives him. And they presumably live happily ever after. The end. <laughs> So that's a recap of the movie. There are a lot Where of is my little violin. <laughs> There's a lot of little fun characters that um you know that that didn't get any play in the recap, but we'll get to those folks. But sis, what made you start with let me get my violin? <laughs> Cuz I feel like he didn't really learn his lesson. Mm. And he still was able to end up with the dopest what lesson, one. What lesson? When you say he didn't learn his lesson, what do you mean? Like, I just feel like he had one time where he got his little feelings hurt because someone played his game better than him. And then now he, after this one time, he now has just learned it and he now understands and now he's like fighting for the the perfect one. Mm. And I'm just like, and, 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 and he gets her. Like, sis you know it's okay interesting. fine yeah it's interesting <laughs> because I didn't think about him not learning a lesson I agree with you he probably you know I don't know did he become more self-aware because there's no point where he actually says the ways that I was the person that I was was not good to people he never says that he never said he never owns up to mm -hmm. um I was being manipulative so, so I didn't think about that, but you're right. Maybe he never learned his lesson. What I did think about is how it is tiring to keep seeing the trope of like the man apologizes, the woman takes him back. Because with the truth, like in real life, it's like people are who they are kind of, you know, and I'm not saying people can't change because people do, but usually they don't. 
<laughs> I don't have to hate it. I'm not, I think I'm cynical. I don't know. But I think people are who they are. And, but, but there's something that there's a constant story that women are being told that you just let somebody play your face. But if they say they're sorry and you feel like they mean it, give them another chance. But here's the other side of that. Like the guy (laughs) in the Christmas movies. But here's the other side of that. I think that Angela was goofy forever even dealing with him. Mm. I'm like, girl, really? You see the type of person. (laughs) So why would you even start dealing with him? Because that's how life happens. Well, it just that's but to how me, life works. you're you're finding you know that somebody is a player. Like doesn't that matter. is not it does not, it does not matter. Because, well, well, my statement is that yeah. it doesn't matter that it's with him. You know, someone is a player. You know that he what he does. You were friends with his friends. So I'm assuming y'all have had conversations about that. You already know how he moves, and you're out here getting emotionally attached to someone, and then get shocked when you get cheated on. Girl, you didn't meet some healed version of him. You you met him. And, and, and honestly, when he was down in the dumps is when you were picking him up. And so I'm just <laughs> sitting here like, girl, I you storming out the house. I'm like, I'm going to come get my... Yeah, girl, you should have never brought your stuff but there in the first place. I mean, place. that's <laughs> any other way. That's That was one of the most realistic parts of the movie. Because, the, I mean, the guys who... It doesn't matter what... Women will always like him. It doesn't matter what they know. Doesn't matter what information they have. I I think the I like this movie. Uh, you know, back in the day where where we what everybody saw, and I was interested to watch it. Um, all these years later, and I still have the same two criticisms about this movie. And the first one is, y'all ever see How to Be a Player? Now. A million years ago. Okay, well, that, <laughs> well, nothing I'm going to say about it. But anyway, but the how to be player, members, many of our audience a, members, how to be player had a similar, <laughs> had a similar. That should be on the list. Yeah, by the way. assembly arc. Yeah, it had a, it had a similar um, storyline, <clears throat> and the thing that that one rang a little more true to me because Bill Bellamy's character felt a little more corny to me or something he felt like a guy who would be flowing the way he was flowing but i think a better story and for, for... for that so that, that that def jams how to be a player it came out in 1997 yeah bill bellamy bernie mac yeah still, still another classic movie you know what okay I, mean? I, had, I added I had, it to the content yeah, planner yeah still a classic classic movie for real and um but i feel like a better storyline would have been Marcus not playing all of these women, but just being unavailable to all of these women. Mm. So it's more like he's just a exec and he's just focused on that. And that's just what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Because men in his position don't take time to play games. Like they're, they're not, he's not going to be doing all these, he don't have to lie. He doesn't, he doesn't have to lie. He doesn't have, he could be like, you know, the one chick, to one chick, he could be like, yeah, I'm going out with another chick. And it doesn't matter because he's in demand. So that would have been a more, to me, realistic, um, something that would have let, allowed me to get into the story more. And I think that also, and the other thing is just the casting. There's just, 
the part of the movie where he's going for Robin Givens over Holly Berry is just very difficult for me to conceptualize. Because like, I don't know why you just said he's the person who does what he wants. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, first of all, Holly Berry is prettier than Robin Givens, and she was and I nice. Have that conversation. But you know what? It's not about looks. It's it, I mean, looks are a part of it. But it was it was Jacqueline's whole stilo was what was attractive to him because she is the, was the equivalent of him in terms of like, just like you said, everybody would want him no matter what. Everybody would want her. No yeah, that, but what. I'm saying that would never like that just wouldn't happen. He, like, there's no way you have. Okay, can we say Holly Berry's pretty in the in the movie? Yeah, if she, she's beautiful. Yeah, yeah you Absolutely. have somebody who's being nice to you you're not going to like yes you are but what if you what if you're a person that's never <laughs> been so in, you, you've it. never been a, a person who's been committed i think and that you're, you're, I think you're, that just, you're better... just getting your sea legs in commitment you've given it a try <laughs> and then something <laughs> happens that tests your your discipline well the thing is is that even i think because if Robin, if the um, what was her name in the movie? Robin Givens, name? Jacqueline. Jacqueline. So mm -hmm. if if I feel like it would have been for me, it'd have been a better thing if like she hooked up with him right away, and like she kind of blew his mind sexually, and then she retreat. Like she, it wasn't even that she was doing it purposely. She just she's busy too, so she just backed up and then he fell into a cycle of trying to get on her schedule and like that would have been to me something that would have been served the same storyline but it would have because if a guy's a player like Marcus if there even if he was like that as soon as he recognized what was happening he would not have subjected himself to that that he, he just he just wouldn't have. He would have realized what happened at, or what was going on. And there is no way, there's just no way he would have he, kept. Oh, I struggle with that definitive statement. Dude, I struggle and, with it. And as I well. just because right. I'm just like, <clears throat> I think that art imitates reality. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are many people that believe themselves to be this macho or and this isn't not even macho but just this player because this is a person in general this type of person and they believe themselves to not be able to get quote-unquote played but when it happens then it happens now what what is the the what is um the outcome of that well, that depends upon the person that depends upon their reaction how they do how they handle it how they move forward but I do believe that that this can be a realistic scenario, but it's a scenario that someone may not talk about. No, someone saying, may I, take to the grave and archive it. Only no, the closest I, I think, friends I think know can, about it. You know what I mean? It's I not like Chris Rock knowing all of it, his character knowing all the business in the whole in the whole entire company. But yeah, that's no, what well, I'm I, like, I just want to be well, clear. I'm was, not saying I don't think Marcus couldn't get played. Mm -hmm. I'm saying as soon as he had he would have identified very early that I'm getting played and he would have severed that limb immediately. There, I, I just don't. And he, but he wouldn't even had to sever a limb because she was severing it for him. Yeah, he would have let it go. 
He he would like, he would he would he would have chalked it up. He'd have been like, I lost that one, but he wouldn't have continued to pursue her. That's what I'm saying. Like he wouldn't have done that. He he would have he would have been like that. You know, well, even the best of them sometimes. But he wouldn't have kept, you know, pursuing her. I don't her. know, bro. I, I you know, yeah, and I, I, I don't think know. I think there's lots of different types out there. I think there's a type that wouldn't have continued to pursue her, and I think there's a type that would. I think he, I think we can't box it in i think the the story the story arc that you just said bro i think that's still a very interesting movie mm-hmm. you know and i think that's another yeah. plausible story i will tell you like my girlfriends um you know are you know upwardly mobile executive level women and some of the silliness that is encountered in the dating pool you know it's really quite interesting you know so i would just say i don't think we should box anything out in terms no, of no no like, i'm not i i'm just saying people, those, those were just the two plot points yeah people showing because we all have dysfunctions and they show up how they show up and the way that people who are used to wielding power in their lives the way that they show up in romance i tell you oh you know that's a whole other kind of podcast to dissect that but um, you know, it can show up in a lot of ways, especially when they aren't getting the power. Like they're not when people aren't reacting to them the way that people usually react to them. The way that they can act out can be really interesting, you yeah. know. And some of the stories are, you know, there's there's some ridiculous stuff happening out here. I mean, I mean we probably could do a whole podcast yeah. on that. Yeah, so <laughs> well, I mean, we that all does. have our shit. We all yeah. got our shit, you know. But it's like it's like the um. You know, I I just wouldn't box out any type. I guess is what I'm saying, bro. Mm. You, you're talking that definitive. This guy wouldn't do that. Well, I, I just I can't. I, I think there's not, a guy that might. Yeah, well, I just I, I'm saying for me that was because also to me this type of guy <laughs> he wouldn't have to do so much buying a leash off of a couple. To that's what I'm saying. Like, like there's like, a dog he, in the park. That's like, what I'm just saying. But this, that, so that's what that's what I mean when I say this particular character, he did fall for Robin Givens. And he was the one saying, Oh, she could be Mrs. Whatever his last name is in this movie. This is Graham. him saying that. And Graham. And she didn't do anything except be herself the 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 entire time. Yeah. And and even right down to it being like, oh no, he would have never you know, gone against Holly Berry. I'm like, but if you're a person that has not learned your lesson, you would cheat on the Holly Berry because you haven't learned your lesson. And so it's like, okay, this is your MO. This is you. So then, and, and get it. And listen, let's be very clear. There's not one woman in, I will raise my hand 87 times. If I have more hands, I would. You're going back and dealing with a dumb-dumb. And so that that <laughs> that is, it just happens. Well, but since I want to, I want to raise a question about your language of learning his lesson, because yeah. you know I think that people get to decide who they're gonna be, and I, I took it, I take it more as like he was trying to decide whether he was going to continue to be a player, um, and not the stand up kind that Aubrey was talking about, where it's just like I'm not engaging deeply. He was being a manipulative player, right? you know? So whether I'm going to continue to be that or I'm going to be in a monogamous relationship with somebody and go deep, 
And so I felt like he was just making a choice between the two. Mm -hmm. And that's why when you were talking about him learning his lesson up at the top of the podcast, I paused a bit because I'm like, hmm, that to me feels like there's like an inevitable conclusion. But he could have concluded the other way. Like, no, you know, I this doesn't feel good for me to be monogamous and I'm going to choose to continue to be this other way, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, But even at the end of the movie, they're having that funny chit chat conversation walking down the street and she knows who she's getting into. She knows who she's getting with. And she says to him, and you better not turn your head because she knows who he is. She knows exactly. So there are a lot of people who make those choices to be with individuals that I may have to break up with you again for a few months. It's true. Because you may do that again. It's true. But she's making the logical decision. She's and the accepting choice. those terms. She's accepting those terms. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not mad at you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> you some. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's fine. But it is, we're not going to sit up here and pretend like he is some changed person. And he is just, mm, he's seen the light. Absolutely not. He's right. found somebody that has, is accepting him for who he is, whether it might be player rehab or he is, you know, still who he is, but he's found <laughs> someone that's okay with it. And they're making some other terms about their relationship. We copyright it. We copyright and copyright <clears throat> that movie title, Player Rehab. Okay. <laughs> Coming out in 2024. It's a right perspective <laughs> production. We're gonna make that movie. That's that's a good title. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you know, let's let's talk more about. Yeah, I wanted I, I wanted to discuss that real quick so that ahead, we can bro. talk about Boomer. Like, cause like those are the only two things, and I'm just saying, back then and today, those were still the two things that kind of was in the back of my head. Yeah. But the re- but the rest of this, it's just amazing how much of a phenomenon that movie was, and just mm. watching it and watching how, like, I didn't laugh out loud. Because you mean at the time when it came out, oh no, no, no. At the time, it was like one of those side hurting movies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like the first <laughs> time you saw, I didn't feel it felt 90s. It did. It felt it felt like a the comedy was like 90s comedy. You know what I'm saying? But like it, as far as all the elements of the movie, I just felt like it was it was just a really great romantic comedy movie of all the little elements of the different people that we have in our life like the person who's saying it's racial man it's right you know and we all have those people for us it's Janiyah. and you know for <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny because it's true <laughs> but no but I, I, but i'm just saying like I just remember, and that's Aubrey's talking about the Martin Lawrence character Tyler Hawkins. He yes. was the one finding con- racial conspiracies everywhere. Everywhere, and, and then it's the funny other good because... friend was David Allen Greer playing Javar Jackson. That was those were his main boys. Yes, yes, and he had and like just it, all the people who were in this movie. It, it's kind of like a Harlem Night situation, like. It can only be. It, how could it be bad? You know what I'm saying? Like, like when he you got, always brings together some of the best people in his movies. Yo, I mean, you he even got Chris Rock. Eddie Murphy. You you did an amazing job. Oh, you brought together some I of mean, the best people. Even the small parts, 
Like people who just had a couple of scenes. <laughs> Everybody was knocking it out of the park. Tisha Campbell. Them. Yeah, let's talk about some of those other characters. Tisha so, Campbell. Tisha Campbell's character, character. Her character was named Yvonne. Tell us about her, sis. Go it's ahead. Just, oh, gosh. She apparently had linked up with Marcus at some point. Do you think they actually hooked up? I they think, did. I think that they did hook up. I think they hooked up. And that he did his manipulative thing, as we talked about. And then, of course, he decided not to be with her anymore, probably because she had ugly toes. And so, <laughs> and so she is, though, his next door neighbor. And she is only a fence <laughs> apart from his apartment. And his door, for whatever reason, is always open. And so anytime he is bringing over a woman, all you hear in the background, don't believe him, girl. He lying. She's holding up sides. <laughs> He's going cheap. He's going to get with you, say all these things, get what he wants, and then be done. And I was laughing like, even though this character is really exaggerated right now, she's very important as well because you have someone, a lot of women, many times, we have someone telling us the truth. Mm-hmm. We have someone saying to us, girl, don't stop. do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. What do you don't remember the last time you, you see how it? Don't never do it again. Too. And, well, well, I won't say it doesn't never work. No, I'm I mean, saying in the movie. I'm, I'm talking about, about in the movie. But yeah, in the movie, yeah, in the movie, the movie it never worked. It never and worked. and never she worked. was like, there was one point in the movie where she was like, you you know, you want me to come over? <laughs> I think, <laughs> right. I mean, you, you think we could, you know? And he's like, no. And then, of course, she goes back to her regular MO, which right. is so funny. But it was nice seeing Tisha Campbell in that character because you don't see her like that a lot in her other characters. True. Um, and so it was really, you know, fun to just watch her being up there and being just so absurd. When she had that sign, I said, wait, oh. what's happening right now? That so, was so funny. Wait, That's an example. She, she that's an example. <laughs> what you just talked about right there. That's an example of something I didn't laugh at now. But in the theater, that was hilarious. <laughs> like, well, this what? was my first time seeing it. So I was cracking oh, up. Oh, really? Exactly. <laughs> yes. I had not seen this movie. I was cracking up. I was like, who wrote this? This is so <laughs> funny. When she was like, would you buy my, my way? Doggy style. <laughs> I was like, thinking about did it. they actually write lines for her? Or, or was they improv? I don't, know. I don't, I don't know. know. I feel I like know. she had the improv. Oh, I was man, like, this that can't be, be lines. Yeah. <laughs> they probably I'm had 20 different takes of that. They pick which one was funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not technically a Tisha Campbell fan, but she, she played that neighbor. Like that she, was Oh, she funny. played that neighbor. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. Well, that another one funny. of those characters that, again, relatively small role, but they were important. There was a pair, a character played by Chris Rock. And, yes. And I'm trying to get his name here. His name was Boney T. <laughs> and he was the, the perfect name. He was the it's, mail the mailroom guy. Yeah in the building literally with the mail cart rolling around with all the gossip but the role he played was really to be kind of like the rah-rah guy right. for marcus where he's like man marcus you can get like he's like a, he's like marcus fan club kind of, <laughs> you know? marcus you gonna let her do you like that marcus <laughs> like <laughs> And when you gonna hit that? Because we got a little bet going down in the in the mail room. <laughs> me and nine other guys. It's just like, what is happening right now? Even him talking about. So let me talk about a raise. I mean, I know I only been here two weeks, and I've been on time most of the time. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Oh, so he is a stand-up. Like, really saying something reasonable. <laughs> can we can we talk about one of my favorite characters? I I, I it's gonna be hard to structure me in this one because there was just funny stuff going. Yeah, on. yeah. But like, but like the uh the guy who was the um the uh Caribbean man. The, um, yes, let the, me find it. The one who works with Marcus. The one who made the straw Jake commercial. Oh, you're talking Jeffrey about Holder. From, Jeffrey from Holder. Jeffrey Holder playing from, Nelson. I was like, that's him from Annie. That, that's yeah. Poop Jam. You know, <laughs> and when, but, and I'm going to tell you, even though I knew that that commercial was coming up, when Eddie tell Murphy... Tell people about it, bro. So uh, okay, well, well, okay there's a point in the movie where they... The movie... Strange, who is the the model or the personality played by Grace Jones, who also killed it. By the way, killed so part. so so, so, and we're gonna talk about her in a second. But Strange was, uh, you know, the like she's like Madonna. You know, she's a she's a personality. Yeah, and they're making a fragrance, and they're trying to make you know the commercial spot for the fragrance. And at what <laughs> point where Marcus is distracted with all this um relationship stuff that's going on he told his one of his people he works with who's very talented but he's one that you got to rein in like he's he's they one call you got, him nasty nelson yeah yes, he, you gotta he take his ideas and like whittle down to the, what's good <laughs> and acceptable but it's good he's good yeah. but he gave him free reign and when they showed that commercial they showed it at a like a board meeting so this is the first time and it was so the timing of the joke was so good because Jacqueline didn't even know that Marcus let him do whatever so she's like you know is it good he's like I haven't seen it yet and, and just as an audience member even if it's the first time you saw it you're about to be like oh my god you know, what terrible. is about to happen you know and whatever you imagined <laughs> wouldn't apply because at the end of the day you got to see it to really understand but i mean it was just very just uh, 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 it was some it was basically a horror film yes like it a, like a, a mini little horror film because you know how you know how perfume commercials already they make no sense yeah. they have never made any sense they Wait, will never make no sense was Oscar. <laughs> was that Oscar? What, they, <laughs> what they're trying to do in a perfume commercial is convey how a scent makes you feel. <laughs> and apparently this scent <laughs> must make you feel like you inhale. You are because so that hard. is the visual. She, it was like a sexual, she, it was like an erotic, stood. hellish scene. Wasn't she an alien? No, she was, she was just, an alien. we don't know what she was. Or something. But and the, she the, gives the thing birth. about it is, when you're watching this, and you just gotta go see the commercial if you haven't seen it, but just just watch it. But when you're thinking, this is already off the hook, and this is just a thirty second spot, and you're like, this is already off the hook. Then she gives birth to a bottle of, <laughs> and she it's like it is the most absurd. It's one of these things where it's like, who thought of this? First of all. <laughs> Nasty Nelson, and he's sitting there so proud of himself. By oh, the way, he's so, he's Nasty Nelson like, is like, this is his. Oh his yeah, that's what creation. made it bad. Yeah, that, he was just like, <laughs> like, my vision is to. 
is being realized. And, it, and there's something about his voice and the fact that he always wears the ascot. Yes. Just, because just, he doesn't present as he would make that type of content. Yes. <laughs> and the reason why you can laugh at it instead of roll your eyes is because they have painted him so clearly as someone that's talented but goes too far. Right, and they right, did right. it just in one scene. We got a background on him and it was enough that when he came in on this second scene, we weren't it surprised. Exactly. The and other thing like... they had done is they had laid a foundation for us with the character Strange, who was the subject in the commercial. Can this was played her? by Gr- Let's do it. Because Grace Jones' girlfriend, you figured that out. You're Grace the bomb. No, I, I, I'm a, and okay. I know there was part. I know there was part her in that because Grace Jones is like it back in the Conan movies. She was one of my favorite characters. She's fierce. Yeah, because she plays fierce. This, I don't know she plays any this other warrior, and you just believe everything that she's doing. You know, because she's just like that. And when they first came out, it was like because when they introduced her, she was <laughs> on a chariot. Drawn by <laughs> by people, you know? yeah, and, and it's just flown in by a helicopter, <laughs> and they just—it was like we're going all in, yeah. And one of those moments that everybody talks about is Grace Jones's scene where she is talking to Marcus at dinner, and she's like, "So when are we going to fuck?" <laughs> he's like clutching his pearls like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then she gets in the middle of the spice uh restaurant <laughs> and he she's like she's like she pulls her leg up in the restaurant and to reveal like, her vagina no man says, can resist this pussy <laughs> <laughs> and pussy, this is the second pussy, time pussy. This is the second time that she's really drawn a lot of attention to her private parts. Because in an earlier part of the movie, okay, they were in a meeting where they were just trying to conceptualize what the perfume should smell like. And they're there, they're huddling with a chemist. The the actor who played the chemist is Leonard Jackson, who Mm -hmm. played Lloyd the chemist, who had obviously put a lot of thought and time and care into getting to a perfume scent that he was ready to propose to her. And she smells and she hates it. And to give him a sense of the scent she wanted, she takes off her panties, her thong, <laughs> and throws it at him and says, this is what it should smell like. I Which thought she fine. rubbed it on his head. Yeah, she rubbed it on his yeah, face. Yeah, she, 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 she put yeah. it on his head. Yeah, yeah she put it on I, his face. <laughs> she took her panties off her butt and put it on I her thong on right face. on his head. Is what it needs so they have painted like. her as this very eccentric character. And so between that and then giving us such a good clear sense of who um Nelson nasty Nelson was we were ready for that commercial to and we were able to buy it yeah. you know as 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 strange as it was we were ready to buy it you yeah. know so that just that that I feel like what we're talking to right now is we were talking about the story and I feel like now we're really talking about some of the writing Okay, like just in particular, yes. like how yes. the writing and the character development, you know, there were some other characters that, um, again, they, yeah, they didn't, they shouldn't have worked. They shouldn't have Red. worked. <laughs> how did I forget? But they did. Do you want to talk about those, sis? The, the couple? 
Yes, John Witherspoon, and I, I want to remember her name right now. Her name is B.B. Drake. B.B. Drake, because B.B. Drake is somebody that, I'm not sure if she's, I hope she's still alive. I don't want to kill her. But it just, I she is somebody that I don't think she gets enough shine for the type of character she is and how she has been a through line in so many Black productions mm-hmm. for us. Her characters may not have always been super big, but we remember things like her being in Martin as Myra. And so we we remember her all the time. And so I just want to make sure to name her. BB, thank you. Okay? You holding it down. And having a good time, in my opinion, as you're holding it down. But, um... Yeah, she's, she's still alive. Ali, he, they were John Witherspoon and BB... Uh, Rick's, what was her last name? Character. They Mr. Were and Mrs. Both, Jackson. Mr. and Mrs. Jackson. They were Alan Greer's parents. And we only get to see them one time for Thanksgiving. And they come in and John Witherspoon, they're just these old school parents, country, tell it like it is. She brought in a big pot of chitlins. And she was, you know, they're just, and Alan is so embarrassed, right? Because he is like, New talking about, I told you, you know, you get the membrane out. Yeah. <laughs> that was another point, one. Coordinate. <laughs> That was another one that came from the movie. And I think Coordinate came from this and Bam Bam came from this as well. I didn't know. This Bang Bang, did that, think, was that the first time I thought I, about that? I think that Bam Bang Bang is the first time we hear it in Boomerang. I'm not sure we have to fact check that, but I remember when I saw him do it, I was like, oh, he did this all the time in the Wayans Brothers show. And I was like, okay, so this must be the origination of it. Not unless he pulled it from another character or another time he's done it. But these, he's done it a lot because he, he yeah. did it. I think he did it Friday. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things he does. But I wonder, Britt, if that is is boomerang is the initiation. Yeah, the original. Well, I, I have a I have a little trivia about okay. him. Okay, so um, <clears throat> where did it go? Okay, I gotta find it. Go 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 ahead, and I'll find this. I had a really good trivia about it. Sure, sure. But he, him, and his wife, they come. And they are just whatever the opposite of the life and the persona that Alan Greer's character is portraying. And so he's like businessman suited up, super calm. He's the friend that, um, which I want to get to their friend dynamic and speak about seeing black men like that, how much I loved it. We'll talk about that in a second. But he is the friend that that has feels more deeply and mm-hmm. so you're just not expecting this to be <laughs> his, his parents. parents they come in his dad has on what is it bunny um what was it <laughs> mushroom his, mushrooms. mushrooms he mushrooms has on a shirt. mushroom shirt that matches the inside of his <laughs> yes shirt, that matches his belt yes but the other outside of it is great it's like what is happening right now the mother has fur around her jacket he was there talking about his rabbit and that was just bringing chitlins all these different things <laughs> he's being embarrassing at the table <laughs> saying this is your girlfriend well y'all so what are y'all getting together like just those questions out of like mom and dad are y'all really asking these questions right now and then even as a wife her trying to roll them in and then to make it just put icing on a cherry on top of the icing on the cake they go and have sex and Marcus's in bathroom the bathroom <laughs> and in come out the with their clothes disheveled and y'all and, are not and and, and, in that perfect way she walks out chewing gum like nothing has happened that's right. clothes disheveled <laughs> that scene and again, it's a fun scene, but it plays so, it has such an important 
it plays an important role in the story. Because number one, it shows, listen, these are upwardly mobile black people, but these are black people. Okay. And this is our life. We we That's are it. all of these things. Yes. You know? We're not and a it also it was a yes. chance for Angela and to to be in an informal, non-work-related setting with Marcus so that we could hear number one her and the David Allen Greer character being on the same page to kind of say, we're just friends, you know, and for her to create a space for romantic tension between her and Marcus. But the John Witherspoon scenes were added after filming had wrapped. Okay. Eddie Murphy demanded that scenes with Witherspoon be added to the film and Witherspoon picked his own outlandish wardrobe (laughs) and he improvised his lines. Well, and, and you know what? All that makes all the sense. And, you know it what? It felt. So it felt like sense. that. It yeah. felt organic, and it felt, um, you know, it felt like people's ideas were integrated yeah. into the movie. Like, like yeah. he would like if it was almost like if Eddie Murphy knew that this is like I would be funny if I did this. Like that's yes. how the actors are. And he'd be like, "Yeah, that do sound funny. Let's do it." You know what I mean? Like. That's how it felt. Same yeah. with our own nights. Same with our own nights. Like it, it felt, it felt like they were able to bring a lot of how they are funny. Yes. Into it. I think yeah. the Hudlin brothers. I mean, we need to really give these people some shine. Yeah. Because I mean, they are they just figured something out here yeah. in terms of cultivating cast and yeah. like it's just the writing is always good, the directing is always good. Um. So let's talk a little bit about, and we've already started to um to to hit on it um, as we're talking about the casting. You know, um, I have a little tidbit here. Halle Berry was the only actress to audition for the part of Angela, and right. Eddie Murphy and Reginald Hudlin they cast her immediately just after seeing her screen test. But Vanessa Williams was considered for the role of Jacqueline. Oh, I and I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that. Would do you I think see it, that. how do you think that would have gone down? I think she would have done well. Mm. I think she would have done well at being that because she's played that role in other, you know, shows and movies where she's very businesswoman. I don't have that kind of time. You know, I I could see her doing well in that role. I could see I, her. Doing well. I, I think that for me, it would have eliminated one of my issues. You know what I'm saying? Like, what about two things? Because I could see that one a little more in a sense of it would have made more sense to me. I would have liked Mm. that. Yeah, I would have. I would have. Yeah. I think it would have been a very different character. You know. But I think you could. I think she could have did. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think she could have pulled that off. And like, I feel like I have seen her play cutthroat executive. I have not seen her play player player. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I just had an epiphany. It's just that I hate Robin Givens. Oh, okay. Same you know, Sam Mel's brother. Because when, when you said earlier, I was like... No, I, st- no I, I stand on that. I stand what, on that. What, That's a weird place to stand. Yeah, I stand on that. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't, think, I don't, think, I don't think Robin Givens is as hot as Holly Berry. But I'm saying... But as did an you actor, say why? Yeah, why you don't like her? Do you... Do you remember her relationship with Mike Tyson? 
Well, it's so funny oh, because the studio was nervous about Robin Givens being cast as Jacqueline. At the time, she was labeled as a cold-hearted gold digger by the media and the general <laughs> public yeah. during her marriage to Mike Tyson. Yeah. Reginald what? Hudlin, I don't even know what happened. Reginald Hudlin felt her public image made her perfect for the yeah, part. Go ahead and look that up. That's all. She could be seen as a strong woman who could control Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, this is okay. IMDb Period. Trivia, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, she's just a really, really horrible person. And well, I, I mean, think, you don't actually uh, know her. You, you only know what is seen on the media. You don't know Robin Givens. I believe. <laughs> you, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Did you know what she did I don't and know. what they told you? Let me she tell might you, be a saint. I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> I believe Mike Tyson. I could be wrong. But what you did know he him say, too? bro? We don't know the deets. I don't. That's the, basically, what happened is she <laughs> got involved Tyson. with Mike Tyson. I'm confused. <laughs> she got involved. She got involved with Mike Tyson at the very perfect time, you know. And we could talk about everything she did to him, but what you got to give us a tidbit because, like, we don't know, right? I'm like, I'm gonna go to YouTube later and just type in those names. I, like, I have what two thoughts of Robin Gibbons. I just remember. Do y'all remember that show, Head of the Class? Wasn't she yeah. Head of the Class? Yes, because she was. One I of just the remember her students. in Head of the Class, and then I also think of her. I th honestly, I thought she did a good job in this movie. She was so believable and natural, and it's so funny because for some reason. I had not thought of her as a good actress. I had thought of her as a pretty, beautiful actress. Mm -hmm. I had not, I was not giving her acting chops the credit they deserved. And for some reason, I don't know why, but I was, I want to take all that back because I felt like she did a good job in this role, especially when you mm -hmm. put her next to Leela Rashawn. Leela Rashawn played a little role. She played one of the women that Marcus duped. And she, from an acting perspective, she has evolved over time. But at that particular season in her acting journey, she was not top notch. You know, Is she and, sunshine. And... <laughs> sunshine. Yeah, the you're talking about. She was the one with the ugly feet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. She, she was played the, sunshine. She was the first woman that he kind of like played her. her the character's name. Yeah. Was okay. Yeah. That we she played, got a chance. Yeah, she played sunshine in, in Harlem Nights. Okay, I was like Sunshine. Okay. okay, I gotta remember that. Her character's name, because I want to say no, was Christy, How not Sunshine. Okay, huh? but anyway, it we wasn't a major character. It was just it was a woman that he played her face or whatever. Yeah. But um, the point is, somehow I had put Lila Vachon and Robin Givens. I had put them both in that category of girl, you pretty, but you might not be acting that well. But I thought Robin Givens did a great job with this. Role. I thought she did as well. Yeah, I, she, I don't, she, I don't have did. the context of who she is as a person, bro, that could have potentially colored how I was experiencing her. She did. She yeah, did I, a good job. Well, something I want to name, there are two things I want to name, and it's about the essence, I guess you could say, of the movie. So wasn't this movie supposed to be like the first time you're in a corporate setting and it's all Black people in this corporate building? Like that was a large part of the movie. I can't remember that, but just I remember oh, I someone know. saying that. Well, it was a big I have not deal. done no research. <laughs> yeah, I, so I actually saw an interview where um, uh, Eddie Murphy was on Jay Leno, and apparently some critic had called the movie a reverse world because there was no white people, and it was like, "Where are the leaders? There, you know, where's the leaders? There's no white people," and and um, Eddie Murphy just laughed that. at it. 
Yeah, he just laughed at it. He was like, it's so funny. He was like, if it's a movie like Boys in the Hood and there's no white people, nobody misses them. No one's questions. And he no was like, questions. but he was like, because of the, the nature of the content, he was like, but you put us in a business setting and they're like, well, where are the supervisors? Like, so, this is what he was saying on Jay Leno. Wow. And so, and he and Jay Leno were just laughing like, gosh, what clear bias that you think you can't have a black company run full of black people run by black people. And me, an entire building. And what I loved about it now, of course, some of the stuff that Eddie Murphy was saying to some of the women as he's walking through. To me, I'm listening to very innocent, but I was laughing to myself like, you couldn't do that in 2023. You would have oh, so yeah, would many be, yeah, sexual yeah, yeah, harassment. Yeah, totally, totally. Because yeah. he's like, hey, sweetie, how you doing? Looking good. All these different things. Like, this is him <laughs> saying this. And so I was like, I love this. And I probably shouldn't. But I was like, I love this because it's like a freedom that was happening. Also, and Jacqueline, too. Because she, right. had, she had a She's whole sleeping with her their direct report. Yes. Like, <laughs> that was so. It, I was just sitting here like, but then also seeing that Chris Rock didn't get reprimanded. For right. being like, Marcus, man, what you doing, man? <laughs> he didn't get reprimanded for that. It was just like, he was like, all right, you know, whatever. Like, okay, you know, and laughing it off because that's just who he is. Mm -hmm. When he is going and he's like, you know, nasty Nelson, he's not like, listen, you got one more time. You about to get fired. It's just like, Nelson, take out the banana in the commercial, please. <laughs> just to, no, he can't be had, on a banana. It was like, like this is it. Thinking, exactly. It's like, we're going to get work done, but it's but also Nelson, like, you nasty. You, you nasty. nasty Nelson. And here's the other side of it. Not even when I think about it more, not only was it a black company and you also had it merging with another black company. That's right. He didn't bring any white people in. And so the only, but the only time you saw was the board of, I don't know who it was that they were trying to sell the commercial. Um, but it was, it was just a very, very inter And even then they were from another country. And so I just, I loved seeing this relaxed essence of their people in this place that don't feel threatened and they can be themselves. Yes. And this yeah, is something dope. that yeah, for black people is a discussion of how you're at a workplace and you're putting on a mask as soon as you walk in a shoulder pad if you will a show oh lord <laughs> you're putting on a shoulder pad <laughs> you're putting on a shoulder pad <laughs> so you can make it through the day <laughs> and so here you have this <laughs> this movie of individuals who are able to be unapologetically themselves. Yeah. Yes. Not be they're, they're, they're doing it how, yeah. how they would do it. That's yes. Right. Like we're still getting things done. We're That's one of the right. top companies. We have a, I don't know, 24 building. Like, exactly. Like we're doing great. And now you're in here and you're seeing it and it doesn't feel like, and they also are not, you know, having to make this claim about it, you know, like, and which is fine when movies do, you know, I love it. Right. Cause the, what we just did, what is it called? Um, stand up, you know, the, the movie wake up. Um, so uh, yeah, what um, am I trying to say? Y'all don't know. I don't know. School days. School days. Oh, okay. So <laughs> we just did school days. And so you can have those overt things, but then sometimes where it's subtle, it's oh, also you mean wake up. Yeah, wake up. Yeah, I, okay. I said stand up at first, and then I said wake up. It still didn't help, though. You're right, bro, because so, they didn't even mention it. I didn't no, mention it. You don't need to. We're just living life, and this is what all yeah. those others' movies do. Yes. They, they will be in uh, Friends, the, mood, the show Friends. You're in New York City, in Brooklyn, I think, in Central Park, wherever you are, and there are, like, zero people of color. 
what are we doing right now? Mm-hmm. So when you, it's so easy for it to happen in these other spaces, but mm-hmm. you know, and, and that part of the interview, like that's probably what I'm thinking of when I'm like, yeah, they were talking about that. There's no white people in the building. And so that part to me, and they didn't even ha- do anything where it was like, oh, all the execs are black people. And then all the people who are like the maintenance people and the mail rooms are all It wasn't a trope. It was like, just it the wasn't that. It's just, that's it. And they mm-hmm. were just living regular life. And the other thing I wanted to name was the friendship that the three men had. I appreciated yes. so much that it wasn't some you know, we're all the same. All three of them are players, you know, all of, or all three of them are, you know, nerds, all three. are No, they were three distinct people. Yeah. Two of them, they had been knowing each other since they grew up. I think one of them, they had went to college and they were emotional towards one another. They were like, yeah, you clearly hurt my feelings. And, and, and I also am concerned about how you're going to treat her because you do not treat women well. And so when you have Alan Greer's conversation having this conversation with Marcus but also you can tell there's some hurt because it's like you're my homeboy and there's this unspoken thing where we don't mess with other women that you know we've talked to and and all these so you see those underlying things but it does not break their friendship it doesn't stop them from making up and having friends and even having um Martin's character come out and and make sure he invited both of them to the house to be like listen not saying it, he and he says it directly. Y'all need to make up. Mm-hmm. Like, like th- this is this is an issue. This is a problem. Y'all need to talk about it. What's wrong? Like, y'all need to get it together. And I just really appreciated seeing that authentic. dynamic. That's very really authentic friendship. Them hugging. I was yeah. just like, yes, mm-hmm. I love this. So anyway, and I just you know to what? Sure on this that. on this topic of stuff that was just so authentically black, without it working too hard. We have to talk about the soundtrack real quick, you know. Before we go on that, mm-hmm. I, I did want to say one thing. We're kind of talking about acting throughout the whole yeah. thing. And I think David Allen Greer did a great job. He did. But um, acting. But I do feel like he was underused in the comedic space. And I know everybody can't be funny, but David Allen Greer is hilarious. And I just, Missed. He did great. I don't. I don't. But like, do y'all remember the episode of Martin where he he did two episodes as a preacher? Yeah. I mean, he was a pastor that was really had no self control. He was holding. Get behind. Get behind the saint. (laughs) And like, what he was singing, I got a feel. Everything Wait, cool. and every yeah. episode of In Living Color. Oh, yes, him and Kim Wayne's character his, when they his, were, what is it, Reby and something? Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, he had some of the best the Jerry characters on In Living Color. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you remember when he was the, the, I wrote a song about it, but here, here it go. Lady, here it go. And I just wish I could have seen him do Yellow, something yeah. funny. You know what I mean? He was more of a, almost like a serious actor in the he was but he did a good job he did a great job it was like watching him and tisha campbell not be who they normally are and i appreciate that because martin lawrence was already filling that role in the in the in the trio martin lawrence was being silly he was bringing the punchline no you're right it it might have been overkill yeah you're right you're right you're right right. and it's good to see a little range 
You know? Yeah, yeah. They did. Everybody did a great job. But let Everyone us take a, a moment job. just to give him his shine. Thank Listen, you for that, bro. Because it's David, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, like, are you getting I, your I, flowers? I'm just saying. You need some flowers, David Allen Greer. He has a new movie coming out next year. That's a. It's called the. Oh gosh, the the League of Super. Okay, I have to look it up because I want to get the name right. So please continue to talk about him. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. I, the I American think he's one of those. Society of Magical Negroes. Yes, that's coming out oh next year. I can't wait out for that to come out. I'm just saying, I'm I'm seeing that first day, whatever it is. It's going to be I, so I just good. feel like he's one March of those people. March 22nd. That don't I, I just think he's one of those people away. that don't get enough props. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't think he get a, get enough props of of because his timing. You know, like, remember yeah. when he used to play Maya Angelou? It just, I'm just saying, like, like, he's amazing. On. Yeah, he's 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 a fun, he's a funny guy. But you were going you were going to the soundtrack. I'm gonna tell you, yes, yes. yes but I'm I've so been happy banging this yeah, soundtrack, so and we didn't talk about Martin. And, much, I, and Aubrey said it the first day job. that we were like, "Oh, this is the next movie we're watching." He immediately texted us and was like, "Yo, this soundtrack." <laughs> he was like, "It's so yeah," because that's we always talk about when soundtracks were important. When they meant something, and that was at the height of the meet. And so I'm gonna let they. Not that soundtrack. Let me do the let me do the little trivia from IMDb on it. So the soundtrack album to Boomerang was tremendously successful on the music charts and is widely considered a magnum opus of Black R and B music in the early nineties. Yes, come on, the magnum soundtrack opus. sold three million copies, achieving mm. triple platinum status. The album was executive produced by L.A. Reid and Kenneth Babyface Edmonds. Oh, well, we're done here. That's why. Contemporary <laughs> R&B, why. urban soul, New Jack Swing, hip-hop soul, and several popular chart-topping ballads that are considered classics by R&B soul artists such as Tony Braxton, Boys to Men, P.M. Don, Johnny Gill, and Keith Washington. Okay, we got the Ruffin Brothers producing and directing, and then we have L.A. Reid and Babyface. I mean, what are, what are, what are, like, what are we I talking mean, about? Like, 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 we're what done. Are we, we just only like, had to read off those names. You know what's good? Go listen to it. And <laughs> it's in the 90s. You understand? Exactly. Like, like, this is when, you know, this is back when people's wearing cross colors and stuff. You know, yes. like you, like we had on African thing. medallions and mm. you know what I'm saying? Kyrie Shane. I was young during that time. And, and just, <sighs> you know, it was just like. Take me back. <laughs> I'm just saying. It, it was, Gas it was, was 96 cents. <laughs> yo, I, I'm just saying. And, and like that song, it you know, so there's so many songs guys. that are still, see, like PM Dawn, That Without You. I still play that through normally you know what I'm saying totally. like, come on end of the road by boys to men come on. I mean there you go Johnny song don't wanna road. love you by Shawnice what okay and then two Tony Braxton songs give you my heart and also love should have brought you home love should have brought you home it's gonna be alright by Aaron oh, Hall featuring God. Charlie Wilson tonight is right but Keith Washington <laughs> I died without you. Read that title again. (laughs) The night is right. (laughs) (laughs) Tonight is right. (laughs) Seven Day Weekend by Grace Jones. Okay. Reversal of a Dog performed by Damien Dame. 
um Highland Place Mobsters TLC and Tony Braxton and don't um feels like heaven by Kevy Vaughn Kev, Kenny Vaughn and the Art of Love and Hot Sex performed by a tribe called Quest. And Come all on, of Hot those sex. songs when they were playing them, <laughs> they all were relevant. It, it was like to the yeah. scene. To, yeah. to, the, to, to the scene. Totally, totally. Even oh, though so good. there are songs that can stand alone, it's like when you watch them, watch the music videos, you almost forget that they were part of a soundtrack. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because it's That's like, when it's well oh, you know, that is right. That it is part of a soundtrack. But because, you know, sometimes they'll write songs for soundtracks and it's like two on the nose. It's like, yeah, right. We're walking through a door and it's like, okay. <laughs> Boomerang. Boomerang. I love boomerang. it like a boomerang. Love is like a boomerang. <laughs> exactly. Like, all right, y'all. Like, <laughs> we got it again. We got it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was that was like the movie Best Man. There was a song in there I think was by Faith, and she was like, "Your best friend, your best, your best man." I just did. Britney, that, that is a perfect. That it was Britney, still a bank. That is a perfect. Literally, example. they watched the movie and then wrote the song. <laughs> we gonna write a song about With this your best movie. Man, your best friend. I guess you know that Adam. <laughs> I love it so much. That's my chance. I love that song now. Here Listen, comes the you have... black. <laughs> Galaxy Defender. <laughs> it's about the movie. The movie. Listen, in case you were confused in about it. Confused. Yes. Don't be anymore. Don't be anymore, but this soundtrack, y'all, I mean, yeah. it really, truly was so well done. And you understand why I hit triple platinum. And I feel like at some point they must stop counting because it's right. still, these songs are still getting played. Well, you know I, 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 mean? I don't think they ever stop counting, but it's just, it's hard now that music oh, is... It's is not streaming. albums anymore. You, can't, you know, nobody, I mean, think about the last time you purchased a CD and yeah. like... Or even because I subscribe like a lot of people, but you don't buy individual. Yeah, you know that all that. Yeah, this was definitely was a CD that was in every collection. Like, well, like it, if everybody, we were, if we were taking if we were taking a vote, it feels like this soundtrack would be a classic from the right perspective. You know. Now, oh, I mean the the the, the soundtrack. It's got songs that if only those two songs were on, it would still be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tony Braxton, come on. I mean, come on now. What are you doing? I mean, like, like, Let we, me we, tell we, you something. What are we even talking about? Tony <laughs> Braxton is has my one of my favorite Christmas CDs that I play in my car year round. And yes, I literally does, have and it I can in testify. there. Right. Let me stand in the front of the church I, and give a testimony to her validate what Her voice is hypnotizing. I'm like, Brittany, it's hypnotizing. It's, 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 it's March. Christmas Listen. is not nearby. But of that era, this movie is just one of those. Yes. The movie, the soundtrack, the... And now that you... And the thing I love about it is I didn't even think about them being all Black companies. Because they just did it. It's just what it was. So, it oh, wasn't like a whole big thing. It's a before, Tuesday. <laughs> before before we before we we got to talk about Eartha Kit though, because real. So sorry, Eartha. Because Ooh, look, shame. I still laughed out. I still <laughs> laughed out loud. At Marcus, Marcus, darling. I mean, because and then when she was like, "I'm not wearing any panties." <laughs> I said, "Eartha, yes." You better not have no panties on, girl. 
<laughs> well, I actually, because I didn't, I wasn't going to do it because we were tight on time, but I have a little trivia about that. Excellent. Which is that Eartha Kitt eventually, if initially she didn't want the role because the character was too crass. There were some things in it that were even more crass than what we saw. What? And so, yes, I don't know what it was, but they had to cut it back in order for her to sign on. Wow. But you know what, though? So that I, is the cut back. That's the curfew. <laughs> so it says, Eartha Kitt was reluctant to take the role of Lady Eloise because she found some of her lines offensive. The lines were deleted from the script. This is why I love her and Grace Jones' characters because they were these two beautiful, amazing, classic, um, uh, seasoned Black women. And they're in these roles being... You every man wants this pussy, and then, <laughs> she, and then and then you have Eartha Kitt coming out in lingerie. I was just like, I'm yeah, loving every second of all of this. He he is gay. You're not gay. You just don't want to fuck me. <laughs> My brother is gay. And I looked up. I was like, Is she French? What is this accent, Grace Joe? Oh, yeah, is and she she's, she's not. She's Caribbean. Is she, Did y'all ever see Conan? I know this is a silly question, but have y'all ever saw Conan? I feel like I've seen Conan, but okay. you know what? I mean, but I'm just saying she's, she's, show... I've always been a big fan. She's great, though. Zena, I remember Zena. I don't remember Conan yeah. too much, though. For sure. All right, right? so we're going to vote. She's I, I, love, I, love this yes. vote, I love this conversation, man. We, we, we was just. We was just going down memory lane. We was in the zone. We vibing. We just going down memory lane. Because it's wet. Yeah. <laughs> Back and I don't know if y'all can hear it, but my baby Skylar is clearly vibing with us as well. We can't hear. Can y'all hear her talking in the background? You got your new noise noise canceled. Okay, but well let so me just funny. say, I respect the fact that you <laughs> you you haven't shaken. I, I, I respect that. Like That's you haven't. Right. I look my old baby. Conversations, honey. Listen, <laughs> she has so much to say about every single thing that's happening in this here life. Okay, and <laughs> she has been weighing in on this podcast. Okay, and I don't know. Some of it she liked, some of it she didn't. And, then, gotcha. and sometimes I she wish... was in alignment, sometimes she wasn't. Because she can only hear my part. She can't hear y'all. <laughs> I wish they could it. hear that high-pitched school that she does. That is so <laughs> funny. It's like, you are into it, Skylar? Yes. But y'all, it's so cute. When me and Brittany are talking on video, Skylar, she's in the conversation. <laughs> she's literally talking the whole time. Where it's like, okay, baby, be quiet. We're <laughs> using English. I don't know what language you're using. It's and she'll baby. lean herself towards the phone. <laughs> yes. Skylar, where you going? Oh, gosh. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, she's ready for us to vote. We doing, we voting, Skylar. We vote. Okay. We vote. <laughs> Do it, bro. Well, yes. Obviously, Boomerang gets my bottle of Chardonnay. Not only just because I just I think it was tightly written. It was. it was tightly written. It was the every all the plot had these little setups and payoffs. Everybody was running at the top, and then even for the music, acting, just everything. And I love the thing that Brittany brought up because I didn't even think about that of how. This was just an example of people just living, black people just living, black people, and, and they didn't even need to have a scene where it's like we are the top black company. They didn't have to say none of that. It's just like yo, this is what we're doing. Five hundred. And the reason why, I would, and and it shows that it was so well done because I didn't even think about that. 
Mm-hmm. And, and like that's what makes it so what because that's what you want. You want it to be normal that you don't even notice what's you know what I mean? What, what's happening? Like it's it, this is a thing that's what normalizing. Yeah. So yes, it, it is absolutely uh, a classic in my book. It gets my bottle of strong jay. Strong jay. Yeah. Strong and, jay. and by the way, the actual imagery we're going to use is going to be generic perfume bottle. Just yes. so you know. So that's what's going to pop up on the screen. I don't know if we can actually use the strong jay. Listen, it probably no way, be fine, but generic you perfume bottle. No problems. <laughs> <laughs> no problems from anybody. Well, I will tell I only you, got twelve dollars. Uh-uh. <laughs> this no movie <laughs> does get my bottle of Strange (parentheses generic perfume bottle) in terms of the visual because, <laughs> because if you change the wardrobe and you just put them in current day clothing, this movie would still be good. Yeah. Okay. If I you change that. the wardrobe and you put them in seventies clothing, this movie would still, still be, be good. good. Yeah. And you wouldn't have to change a word except to probably change something from a fax to an, to an email. I don't even know. But yeah. it would be so minimal to change it because of how well the characters are written. Yeah. Okay. Everything that they came out of their mouth felt real. Um, the comedy in the movie was so seamlessly integrated. None of it was like slapstick and over the top. I related to every single one of these characters. And I'm just remembering like when we were we were reviewing School Days a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I was trying to decide whether to make it a classic. I had to factor in because because there were things I was struggling with, like the fact that it didn't show a complete and well-rounded view of the of a college experience. Yeah. It didn't. Um, so there were things that were lacking that I had to talk myself through to be able to kind of like decipher, like it to to, to be able to evaluate it. I don't have any reality checking that I have to do for this movie. I don't have to talk myself into That's a good point. anything. That's you a good know, point. there was no gap. You yeah. Know? And I'm going to tell you, if that if this exact same movie happened and it was not with actors that we already knew and loved, like say <clears> it was <throat> our first time seeing these people, it was good. You know how sometimes you watch a movie yeah. and it's it's it, you like it because you like that person. Yeah. And you're in it for that person. This movie was so well done that it was bigger than all of the great actors that were individually in it. I I think about Eddie Murphy and how when he does things and he does his projects, I feel like he sits down and goes, hmm, now how many Black people can I bring along? Like, <laughs> and, and I feel like he almost says to himself, He's written the movie and then he sees someone that he goes, I got to get you in here. Let me create a character. Like, I feel like those are the things that happens with these types of productions for him when he's involved. And I will love that forever. I always appreciate someone who is saying, I didn't just get on for myself. Yes, I want to be successful, but I am very aware at the limited opportunities that my people have. So mm. I need to make sure I'm widening those opportunities for them to have and to them to enjoy themselves and for them to be in a safe space and for my audience to see themselves in ways they have not. Not even if they don't even realize they're not seeing themselves in that way, that they've never seen it. I just need to make sure they see it. And even if they have, they need another one. And I will always appreciate him for doing those things. I'm saying it like he's dead. Hey, Eddie, how you doing? You're not dead. 
And so, but I just don't look 35. Thank you for telling him he's not dead. (laughs) I just don't, because he was was concerned. (laughs) And so, but I, that alone for me gives this movie my Strange bottle of Mm. perfume. Mm. The fact that it is unapologetically us. Yeah. In every way, shape, and form. The the from the country chitlins to the corporate, I am a marketing, uh, I'm a CEO, I'm a CFO, I own an entire company. Yeah. I I, I did the merger. Yeah. Like it is seeing that um in that is enough. But when you add on top, great acting, it was funny. You know, it had you into the movie. You're kind of talking to it. And if you've seen it before, you're waiting for certain parts to come up because I've seen it on BT, but I didn't see it in its totality. This oh, for real? I've seen it. Yeah, in its totality. Oh, that's dope. So it was kind of the first out, time for both of y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Because when it came out, it was like, you know, I was young. What it came uh, out of what year? What was it? 80? 92. 92. 92. So yeah. I'm like, you know, our parents were not letting me see anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> no way. I, so seeing it, it was just like this. I was 10 yeah, or 9. So then I had to be what seven, yeah, or or, eight or six, and so mm-hmm. absolutely not, not seeing this at all. Mm-hmm. And so I just think I those seeing that even alone, just being able to see, I'm like, yeah, I can see this being a classic. Mm-hmm. I can see this being something I will watch for years to come, and then I will make sure that you know if given opportunity to have my own family my children will watch this mm-hmm. like we're going to con- make sure that this stays within our over? community absolutely <laughs> <laughs> they will be in the place skylar will make all, it'll be a cousin night right yeah <laughs> auntie uncle night like it is happening so um so yes it definitely gets my bottle of strange well y'all there you have it boomerang has Three bottles of Stranger, therefore it is a classic from the right perspective. This was a fun one, bro and sis. Yeah, oh gosh. Was. And this I think, was. bro, I think you might have put this one on the content planner I don't long remember. ago. I'm sorry. We've been throwing out so much stuff. We yeah, did, it's a I'm long bad. list. It's a long list. Oh, and thank you all. Thank you all for tuning in. Audio, our video, um, our listeners, our viewers, y'all. Listen, we thank you. We love you. Subscribe, follow, keep giving us those great comments, and we look forward to engaging. Talk to you soon, bro. Love you. Love you. Thank you, everybody. Bye.